Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by the one other, or the none other, Brenton Eckersley. We're here to break down this wonderful Monday six-game card. It's uh, two different slates. We have a one uh, sh- captain's showdown slate uh, at 1.30 in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time. And then we have another five-game slate that will tip off at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So we got a little bit to get to, man, but... Let's talk about your weekend. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, uh, hanging out at home with the with the little guy, and um, you know, got to uh, watch a couple of games and and just hang out. Really, how about you? I man, I was I was sitting on my couch, uh, becoming an NBA vegetable. I was just <laughs> I, I was enjoying it, man. I was soaking it all in. Um, I had a, you know, I had some decent lineups. I had some, some lineups tank pretty quickly, but nonetheless, I was just, I didn't care about how my lineups were doing at that point. I was just happy that I was getting to see some good NBA basketball. And, you know, just before we get into any, anything further, uh, just a quick, you know, prayers, hopes, everything that can go up to Jonathan Isaac after suffering that knee injury looked to be pretty devastating. Um, you know, he's a big hoop ball fave over here. We've been touting this guy since, you know almost his rookie season pretty much. And, you know, finally getting back on the court and just seeing a devastating knee injury again, something that he just tried to work his way back from. It wasn't a torn ACL he was working his way back from, but uh, that's what they're, that's what they fear. Torn ACL uh, in his left knee. So let's hope for Isaac to get a speedy recovery. He is an exciting young player in this league. He's one of the leagues looks like premier defenders on the rise. So, uh, hopefully you can get back into this, but that that one that one looked rough, man. Did you happen to take a look at it? Uh, I haven't seen it yet, Mike, but just devastating for him. Have to, uh, you know, there's a few questions doing the rounds on social media, just questioning whether the magic brought him back a little too soon, and was it worth bringing him back at all in the bubble? Now he's done his knee, and yeah, it's just just devastating. Yeah, and I know it probably gives everybody a little bit of that reminiscence of, you know, the Kevin Durant injury oh, yeah. uh, to his Achilles when he came back a little too early. And, uh, I mean, you know, Clifford said it from the start. He wasn't going to play Isaac unless he was medically cleared. The doctors say he's medically cleared. So, uh, you know, let's just, you know, you don't want to you don't want to ever think that they rushed him back. And that's the reason. So let's just hope, I guess. And it was just one of those freak things. And, you know, we've seen that before with ACL injuries. It was non-contact the way he took off. He was in the paint. Um, and before, as before he can lift his knee up, um, after he put the pressure on it, which looked like he tore it, he, he immediately just fluttered. Uh, it, it was like an instant 
you know, knee jerk reactions, you know, uh, no pun intended on it, but so but let's, let's get, let's get into this, man. I, we talked about the sad stuff. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to, when, when the magic are back on the card, we're, card, we'll pretty much talk about that in DFS terms, but for now we have some other games to talk about. Um, just before we do get started, quick shout out to our presenting sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, you guys hear me talk about them all the time. Everything that they have is an absolute luxury, whether it is, uh, you're looking for the conditioners. You're looking for the the soap products. They have the lawnmower 3.0. They do premium package. Uh, they have everything you can imagine. You can do subscription kits, and if you can get it all for 20% off and free shipping, if you use promo code Hoopball today, or I'm sorry, Hoopball 20. That's H O O P B A L L two zero. Hoopball 20 for 20% off and free shipping. So, brother, we got we're gonna we're gonna start off at the top. This one's gonna be a quick one. It's just the showdown slate. It's at 1:30 Eastern Standard Time. It's the Toronto Raptors taking on the Miami Heat. There has not been a, uh, a total or a spread released yet for this game, uh, and mostly just because there's a few questionable tags. But it seems that you know all the major players will be here. Bam Adebayo coming in with a bruised quad. He was going to be question, listed as questionable on DK, but more or less probable. Same thing for Goran Dragic if he was dealing with back spasms, but they said he should be fine to play. So I'll let you kick it off, man. We'll start off with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, who do you think sticks out for you in this matchup uh, that we could take advantage of? And, um, you know, knowing that we only have that one captain spot, could you see yourself using it on any Raptors? Yeah, potentially. Oh, no, probably not the captain spot, to be honest. Um, look, Carl uh, uh, Lowry's always in play. Big upside any given night. Um, you know, he, he tore the Lakers guards a new one on Sunday. He had a monster line, 33-14-6-1. Um, uh, he's just a little bulldog, <laughs> and he's always in play. So uh, so he's he's worth a, a look here. Um Maybe that captain spot, yeah, for sure. Um, Freddie Van Vliet, solid enough numbers lately, but I'm going to leave him alone here. He's going to have to match up with Jimmy, which I don't like. Um, OG, he, he's been all right lately. He's been um, hitting some shots. Uh, went for what did he? Uh, what did he hit Sunday? Twenty three points on. Am I reading this right? Eighty eight point nine percent field goal percentage against the Lakers. That's through the roof, crazy. Um, he, he he has played well against the Heat uh, in the past as well. Pascal, monster ceiling, um, probably not going to touch him much here. Uh, and, um, yeah, Gasol, Leonard, Olenek, probably not. Um, as far as go-to guys here, um, you know, uh, for a little bit of salary r- relief, I'm, I'm really having a good look at Norm Powell. He had a really rough night against the Lakers on the weekend, shooting only 25% from the floor, zero from four from behind the line, and basically no peripheral stats. But uh, I, I, I like Norm. I'm, I'm willing to go back to him here. Uh, he was on an absolute tear to round out the games before the season shut down, if you might remember. Uh, Freddie was out at the time. But even so, in his last matchup against the Heat uh, earlier this season with Freddie in, he went for 23-8-1 with a steal and hit four threes. So he's every chance to do something similar here again. Uh, coming off the bench as well, he's in a better position to avoid that main body of Heat defenders. Um, Miami give up higher than average um, fantasy points at the shooting guard spot. He just looks like, like a good play here. Um, the other guy I'm kind of half interested in is Serge Ibaka. He, he's another guy just had a shocker against the Lakers on, uh, I think it was Saturday. 
Uh, he only put up four and four in, in a really lowly eight, uh, 19 minutes. And I'm just hoping for a bounce back game here. Uh, Gasol's not playing that well. Serge can play the four or the five. He might actually take the majority of minutes over Gasol here, given the way he's playing and could be a great player if he does. Um, and the last time out against the Heat earlier in the season, Serge put up 19 and 10 with two blocks. So if he gets a start or, or you know, minutes closer to the, the usual output, um, he's squarely in play here. What, what do you think on this Raptors team, Mike? I, I really like that surge call you made. Um, I think that this is just one of those better matchups where he just size-wise, speed-wise, uh, length-wise, just does a little bit better than Gasol when you're talking about Bam Adebayo. Um, they play, he played twice. He's averaged about 31 DK points against Miami this season. So I have no issues looking at a guy like Serge. Kyle Lowry's always in play. Um, really, really just kind of showing that he is an all-star caliber player, that he's one of the best point guards in the league this season, and he just doesn't slow down. The dude has a motor like none other. Um, I don't know if I I would go and throw Kyle Lowry in my captain spot just because it's going to take up a lot of money, and it's going to make me have to pay down somewhere else. And um, Miami's pretty good at defending opposing point guards. They've been all season long, one of the like, top five defenses against opposing point guards. So um, I, I still like them, but I think the main targets I'm looking for are going to be, you know, Serge Ibaka, you said it. And I don't mind Van Fleet. I know you said that you're expecting um, him to get some Jimmy Butler defense. Um, and that, you know, that very well may be the case, but he could also end up with Duncan Robinson defense. Uh, and if that's the case, uh, I'm perfectly okay with that because I just feel like I think Jimmy and OG <clears throat> might be the matchup that we see a little bit more. And then I think Duncan... Uh, they're, if they're going to hide him anywhere, it'd probably be on Van Fleet. But you know, it's 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 really going to be back and forth game with you know matchups changing along the way. But those would probably be my main targets. Um, don't mind Siakam either. If I had to pick between one of Siakam or Lowry, uh, I'd probably just go with Lowry. Um, just you know, only only about an eight hundred dollar salary difference, not enough to make me want to go towards Siakam with how great Lowry has been playing. But uh, and Miami, I know you said you talked about a couple guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. But as uh, if you're not planning on using, I guess, that captain spot over there, who would you say on Miami is the one guy that you'd be interested in if you had to uh, use as a captain? Yeah, I'm just going to go straight to Jimmy here. Uh, I reckon he's lock and load in this matchup. Um, it should be a close game. He's going to get all the minutes he can handle. Uh, in the first matchup this season against the Raptors, he had a massive night as well. He, he had 22 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists and a steal, and he went 7 seven from 16 from the field and two from downtown. So uh, I'm all over Jimmy in this one. Ooh, I like it, man. You're reading my mind. That That is my captain. So if I'm uh, if I'm making a lineup right now, doing this showdown slate, Jimmy Butler will be my captain, and I will be mixing and matching in other spots. Uh, I don't, you know, I think I might lay, leave Bam on the table in this one. Um, you know, Bam is oh, a yeah. fantastic player. He's, oh, he's pretty much matchup proof, but Serge Ibaka, Gasol, both those guys, very capable defenders. It's not going to be an easy, you know, walk in the park for Bam, and you're paying that premium price tag for him. So, um, I'd actually probably prefer Siakam over Bam at uh, just a point per dollar, you know, straight up kind of look if you're looking at those two guys. Uh, but Jimmy Butler, definitely one of my favorite options on this uh, showdown slate. And then I think I'm looking at a little bit of uh, a little bit of Kendrick Nunn. He's just been balling out, playing very well. Uh, very tough matchup, but you know, in, in two games uh, against Toronto, he's averaging about 25 DK points. So. Um, I think that he has a little bit of upside. He's a guy that, you know, I think will fly under the radar on the showdown slate. And at, at the end of the day, we have to take a few chances. I mean, there's going to be people are going to be making the same lineups left and right. So you got to try to 
go a little bit out of the uh, out of the ordinary, out of the norm. But did you see anybody that you could possibly use for a value on the Heat? Nah, not so much. It was really just the top two guys I was uh, uh, focused in on. Yeah, there's a you know there's a few guys that I think that we could you know mess around with if you're trying to chase that Kelly Olynyk game. Um, that might be hard. I mean, he shot eight for 11 of that game, four for six from deep, put up 35 DK points. It's only 2,800. So I think there's, you know, probably worse options you could use. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, play him in hopes of chasing that one game. And, you know, maybe like a Jay Crowder, just because how versatile he is. If they wanted to play him at the four, they can get away with it in this matchup. But uh, it's a tough one, man. It's not, it's definitely not one of my favorite showdown slates. You know, this is, this is a really tough one to figure out. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, you know, uh, de- defensively capable teams on both sides, and yeah, it makes it makes it hard to find value. Absolutely, we're gonna we'll keep it moving though because we got five other games. Um, this is gonna be the main slate. The five game slate starts at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Denver Nuggets going against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this game does not have a spread released either, um, so that's just something that we're gonna be dealing with, and and you know, you know, a little bit of a pain. But we should have those early in the morning, so just keep your eyes peeled, open. Obviously, I'm expecting this one to probably be a middle of the road. Um, there's a couple other ones that are going to be a little bit lower on that that we you know probably avoid. But this one should be rock solid. But a lot to talk about. You know, with Denver, uh, we kind of saw some injuries and some young guys play some extra court time, and it looks like we might see the same thing. So, start Jamal Murray. Right now, he's considered very questionable dealing with a hamstring injury. If that's very questionable, I'm considering him more along the lines of doubtful. Uh, anytime a guy's very questionable, we're talking about just seeding games. They are already locked into a spot. Will Barton and Gary Harris, same kind of thing. Uh, pretty much both of them have been ruled out. So, you know, we're looking at more wing minutes, more guard minutes that will open up for some other guys if, the, if uh, Murray happens to be out. The other two, we already have that answer. And then if we're looking on the Oklahoma City side, uh, it's pretty much business as usual. Everybody is healthy. It should be good to go. So I'll let you start off with this Denver Nuggets. Anybody standing out, you know, knowing that these guards and wings are going to be out, anybody you can take advantage of? Yeah, sure. So there's a lot of questions here. You know, you mentioned Jamal Murray, probably more doubtful than questionable. And if that's the case, you just got to fire up Monte Morris uh, and and probably Tory Craig as well. Um, you know, this is going to be uh, – th- there's plenty to play for here, which I like in this matchup. Um, you know, the Nuggets are, are only a game in front of the Jazz with the way they've started and two two games back from the Clippers, which th- they won't catch the Clippers. Uh, but they, don't, they probably don't want to fall to the fourth seed. So they've got to, they've got to start winning somewhere. Um, Thunder, they're, they're up to the fifth spot in the West. You know, they're only half a game behind the Jazz and uh, one and a half games – from this struggling Nuggets lineup. So this game's, you know, got there's plenty of narrative behind it. So should be an interesting one. Nuggets are decimated. Um, this one, you know, Jamal Murray, I, like you said, I don't think he's going to play. Monty Morris is, is in play in that case. Harris, Barton out. Um, I, I think for value plays, you, you've just got to look at those two guards. Um you know, it's still a it's still a tough matchup, but uh, th- these guys are cheap, and and if they're going to start because Mar- Murray and Harris stay sidelined, then then you've got to at least roll with one of them in in your lineups. I would have thought. 
There'll be yeah, some people be. going for Michael Porter Jr. Sorry, sorry, Mike. What were you saying? No, I was going to say, yeah, it's it's kind of just opening up some value, and you know that usage for Jamal Murray, it has to go somewhere, uh, whether it's the guards or Jokic. But uh, I I cut you off, man. Don't don't apologize to me. Right, yeah. you're you're about to talk about uh, you know one of my favorite upcoming players uh, outside of his you know you know stupid associations on Twitter. But um, you know, <laughs> continue, please. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I think people will still be looking at MPJ here. He had a really high ownership once he got the start on Saturday. Um, just, I just can't look at him at the moment. He's not for me, even at 4,500. I don't like the matchup against the Thunder and especially against probably Lou Dort. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the two Denver guards that we just spoke about probably have better upside at MPJ than MPJ at this point. Uh, I'll take Craig over Morris. Um, I'd rather the match up against uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander than having to face Chris Paul. Uh, there's probably nothing wrong with throwing both of these guys across your lineups, though. Um, I'd be looking at pivot plays. I, I don't think I'm brave enough to play them both in the same lineup. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the other guy here on the Nuggets team, uh, uh, especially if Murray stays out. Um, well, no, let, let's check that. If Murray's in, I'm probably more likely to have a look at Nikola Jotic. Um, uh, there's going to be a whole lot more uh, ball coming his way from Murray. Of course, the usage goes up when Murray's out, but um, they've got to get get the ball to him first. Um, we'll see. Uh, personally, on this slate, uh, 9,400, I'd probably rather pay up for a couple of other guys coming up later in our, in our little discussion here. Um, if you think this game's not going to stay close, there there is a chance of that with the, with the, with the Nuggets being just absolutely devastated by industry, uh, sorry injury. There, there's a chance to throw some value plays in there, Mason Plumley and guys like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm really just sticking to those two guards with with any kind of confidence here. Yeah, no, and I. I, I think that we, you know, I don't mind looking at Jokic. He's a little priced up, 9,400. Um, you know, you touched on it. He does see, you know, extra usage and everything uh, with Murray off the floor. But, the, you know, the more enticing point part for me is just the fact that he's going to be playing a little bit of point guard. Um, you know, yeah. point Jokic yeah, sure. is always a great thing. Uh, he's, <laughs> averaging, he's averaging, I think, about 60 DK points against OKC this season, uh, this season in two games so far, too. So he showed that he could, you know, uh, you know, rub elbows with Stephen Adams, which is not easy for any center to do. So uh, that being said, he's skinny Jokic now. So we have to take that into account. He's not the same chubby guy that we're used to. But I'm, I'm, I'm mostly looking at guys in the front court. You kind of, uh, you know, said what I was thinking. You know, I, I don't mind looking at a guy like Morris. Uh, but when you're talking about a joint, uh, chalk point guard play that a lot of people are going to be interested in because he's filling in, and we have a few of those on the slate, he's probably the one I would just leave up there. Uh, not a big point-per-minute guy. He's averaging less than a DK point-per-minute, not by much. But he's also going to be splitting time. So I don't, I don't think we're just going to see 30-something minutes out of him. Um, I'm looking at guys like you know Paul Millsap. I think he actually gets a nice big uh, usage bump with those three guys off the floor. He's seen a usage increase about uh, 10%. Very, very small sample size, but uh, we know that he's going to end up playing good minutes. And I think this is also uh, a Jeremy Grant lineup, uh, Jeremy Grant matchup. Uh, just speaks like you know all over it. Former team uh, going against Danilo Gallinari. They're going to want his length. They're going to want his athleticism and size to be able to chase him around the floor. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see Jeremy Grant get a few extra minutes in this one. Um, would not play him and Millsap together, uh, but I definitely see a big game coming from one of those power forwards, and I have a little bit of interest in both of them. Uh, I think that they're both just not like rock-solid fair prices as well. 
Yeah, cool. I like the Jeremy Grant call. Um, I, I did actually have a note here. Oh, Millsap, I'm just staying away from him at the moment. Uh, I'd have thought the, the, that he'd have to be shouldering a heavy load with, with you know, three of the main starters out, and he's just not proving it yet. Um, I'd, I'd probably, yeah, as you said, head towards Jeremy Grant on this one. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it, it, I was in, encouraged by the 28 minutes that he played against Miami, knowing that they still lost by 20 points in that game, played 28 minutes. I think a closer game will probably see 28 be his floor. And if, if you're telling me we can get Millsap at, you know, less than 5K, uh, I think he'll end up being a solid value. So that's what he is. He's 4,900. If he's going to play close to 30 minutes, he's solid. I wouldn't expect, you know, a 40 or 45-point game out of him or anything like that. But uh, I think there's worse th- that we can do. And um, I'll probably have a share or two of them. I'm not going to go crazy. We have a lot of forwards that we could talk about. But uh, tell me a little bit about OKC, man. We have some decent options over here. Seems like, you know, not one player on here above 8K. So I think we can mix and match. But are you looking to get any of these guys in your lineups? Uh, yeah, I definitely am. Um, you know, uh, you got to just look straight at Chris Paul and SGA here against, uh, you know, potentially we, we don't think Murray's going to play. We're, the defense isn't that great anyway. Potentially, you know, these guys are basically up against bench guards. So uh, I'll be looking hard at both of those guys. They both exploited the Jazz with lines of uh, Chris Paul had 18, 7, and 7. SGA had 19, 2, and 6. Um, you know, they're, they're rolling. Uh, let, let's have a look at them. I, I like the price of Shea much, much better. 6,000 versus CP3 at 7,700. I'll take Shea every day of the week there. Um, there's a good place, a uh, good case to ki- uh, pivot both of those guys. Um, yeah, uh, that's where I'm looking at, uh, in the front court. Um, and uh, I think that Stephen Adams is probably a really good player here as well. Um, he's obviously healthy. Um, he, he's probably a, a really good target here at 5,400. Um, especially considering when the Thunder faced the Nuggets in February, Adams went 19-17-2 with four steals and two blocks. And the previous matchup, he went for 18-14 and 14 with two blocks. So, um, yeah, he's not scared of the Joker, that's for sure. He's a real chance for a flyer at a low salary here. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's a great call. When you're talking about centers that just fly under the radar, he is always one of those guys. And just, uh, you know, going by previous performances, he looks like he's in line to, you know, be a possible double-double candidate. But one of those big double-doubles would be fantastic. So uh, he's definitely, I'm not crossing him off. I mean, there's, that's the problem. Uh, I'm in love with centers. You're going to learn to know that, Brent. And I love playing centers in DK. I usually always have two centers. Uh, you know, some days it's a blessing, some days it's a curse. Uh, but he's definitely a guy that I have circled with a star next to him. And he's really one of the only guys I'm looking at on this uh, on this OKC team. I'm not okay. in love with a lot of anybody else. I mean, Chris Paul, great, you know, great price, 7,700. Don't get me wrong, um, you know, but not one of my my premier options. I'm really trying to target. I mean, we do not have a lot of point guard options on this slate that I'm really in love with, unless you're spending down. And that's where he comes into play, I think, where he becomes a decent pivot, where, you know, a lot of people are going to be playing Morris. They're going to be playing maybe some of those Indiana guards. If we get there, those guys are rolled out. Um, Maybe you're playing some of the San Antonio ones. There's going to be some value with guards that you could play. So if if people decide that they want to try to double up at their guard position and go with value there, then Chris Paul will probably be one of the top point guard options on the slate. So I don't mind him, but I'm with you. If I were to play one of the backcourt members between Paul Schroeder and Shea, it would be Shea, lowest salary out of all three. Uh, with just as much upside out of, out of all three, too. So 
probably all I have for those guys, though. I think we could keep it moving to uh, the next 4 o'clock game. We have the Indiana Pacers, man, going against the Washington Wizards. Uh, This one, we actually, I do believe, we do have a spread for. Uh, It's going to be a 227.5 game total, with Indiana being favored by 7.5 points. So, Indiana giving those points away, expecting to beat this game despite knowing that they have some injuries and everybody that, that they're dealing with. You know, Sabonis is still out. Mal- Malcolm Brogdon is being considered questionable with his neck soreness. Uh, Victor Oladipo is actually being listed as doubtful at the moment, um, and that's after playing 28 minutes off the bench in that last one, so that should free up a few extra minutes, obviously. But uh, we kind of got an idea of what the starting lineup is going to look continue looking like, especially if Brogdon sits, because Victor Oladipo did come off the bench, and in that, in that start last game we saw... Both Holiday brothers draw a start. Uh, you know we're gonna have some value here. It's a fantastic matchup. We just talked. We just saw the Wizards, uh, you know, play and while they held their own against uh, the Nets tonight, they did not have a problem with giving up points either. Uh, they have one of the league's worst defenses. They play at a high pace. This is usually a fancy matchup gold for us. But who on Indiana are we targeting? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, Brogdon. Did, did you say Brogdon questionable? Questionable, right? Yeah, Brogdon's questionable right now. He's still dealing with the neck injury. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he sits, especially knowing that Oladipo's already sitting out of this one. Sabonis is still dealing with his plantar fasciitis. So uh, they're going to be down some bodies already. Yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. So uh, as you mentioned, you know, the two holidays, they, they got the start last game. You'd expect if it goes the way we just, well, you just mentioned, that they're, they're going to get the starts again. Aaron at 5K, Justin at 3,700. Uh, at those low salaries, you got to look at both of them here against this awful Washington team. Um, if if Brogdon happens to get up, you probably want to leave Aaron alone and, and maybe have a little less interest in Justin as well. But at 3,700, you can probably still sprinkle him in lineups, no problems. Now, interestingly here, if, if, if Depot sits as well and, 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 you know, we've got a real roundabout going in the, in the front court, the, things get interesting around TJ McConnell. Uh, he's probably listed a little high for me at 4,500, but um, he's worth a, a look, maybe a GPP dart throw. Uh, and and speaking of those, Edmund Sumner would come into play as well, and he's only 3,200 on DK. So we'll need to monitor the the Brogdon Oladipo situation pretty closely before throw, <laughs> trying to throw a dart that far. Um, apart from those two guys, Mike, TJ Warren, what happened on the weekend? 53 <laughs> points, man. He was on fire. Four rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. This is the TJ I love. Um, I, I like a bit of TJ Warren. Uh, I, I reckon he's always a solid cash play. And with upside like that, with with the other Indiana stars out, uh, yeah, uh, I'm all about TJ when he's going to fire lines like that. Um, can't expect the same crazy shooting night again. But, yeah, I, I think... Uh, especially if Brogdon and Oladipo sit. And we mentioned this in our preseason Indiana breakdown. If if either of those guys sit and Sabonis is out, then TJ Warren's usage just skyrockets. If both of those guys are out and Sabonis is out as well, um, it, it all goes to TJ. So i got no problems going back to TJ here with a hot hand against a terrible was- uh, Washington team. Um just the only thing to keep in mind there, uh, a 7,400 DK salary, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. versus the Pels later on at 6,200 is also very, very attractive. W- what are you thinking here uh, with the Pacers? I think uh, you, you 
touched on a lot of the guys I like. I think my two top plays coming out of this, uh, you know, with Brogdon sitting, I have no problem going back to Aaron Holiday. Uh, you know, he's really kind of stepping into his own this season and taking advantage of any opportunity that he's in the starting lineup. Came out double-doubled with five rebounds in that last game. Fantastic matchup. He's point guard, shooting guard eligible. Uh, sign me up, 5K. I prefer him over Monte Morris. That was one of the guys I was alluding to earlier. Yep. Um, and then I think, you know, I'm going to be taking a nice strong look at Miles Turner in this matchup. 6,100. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people might look at that last game. Yeah, he followed out in 20 minutes going against Joel Embiid. That will happen to some of us. You know, Joel Embiid, he's pretty good at that center position thing that he does <laughs> over there. Lot. So he's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind looking back at Miles Turner. I think a lot of people kind of just forget about him. Uh, you know, after that big TJ Warren explosion, everything else that happened. You know, Miles Turner, this is a nice matchup for him. Picture, picture perfect knowing that. Uh, that this team's also coming off of a back-to-back. You know, Washington played today. Thomas Bryant had a monster game, uh, played a big chunk of minutes. Now he gets to come in here fully fresh after only playing 20 minutes in even the game against Philly. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see Miles Turner play close to 30, if not more than 30 minutes. And I think he's got some upside for about 35 to, you know, maybe even 38 DK points in this matchup. But, you know, wouldn't mind Justin Holiday, 3,700. They would just kind of have to make it work. I'm not going to go out of my way to jam him in there. As as I just said, I prefer his brother. Uh, and that's probably it. Those are the three guys. I don't think I get to play TJ Warren. Um, you know, not you get to I don't. I don't think I could do it, man. After an explosion like that, the price increase like that, you know, now we're talking about a guy 7,400. The matchup's absolutely fantastic, but it took 29 shot attempts. I don't know <laughs> if we can. I don't know if we can anticipate 29 shot attempts. He was nine of 12 from three. Everything was going right for the guy. You know, kudos to him. I, I'm not saying that he can't have another big game. I just would rather, you know, pass on it. I think a lot of people are going to go back to the well just because of the matchup. Normally, people would hop off and say, nope, I'm good. I got my game. But they're going to see that Washington matchup, and they're going to be licking their lips and jump right back to it. And if that's an edge I can get and avoid, I will take it. But I'm, I'm not going to fall shit if you want to play him. He's still cheap enough where you consider but it would take another game where, you know, he's taking at least 20, 22 shot attempts, something crazy amount um, that kind of that, that usage that we're expecting to see from Karis LeVert. If he's going to keep rolling with that, then going forward, I'll have a little bit more confidence. I just want to see it twice in a row before I really bank on it. Yeah, cool. Oh, look, if I was the Pacers, I'd just be throwing him the ball every time down the floor. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, he's pretty much their go-to scorer right now. And I guess behind him, if, in terms of shot attempts, it's probably Aaron Holiday. Yeah. Uh, you know, Miles Turner is not a guy specifically known for his offense, generally pretty shy. Same thing with Justin, more of a defensive type of guy, defensive specialist, and not much more coming off the bench. But, you know, this Washington team, uh, I guess maybe not the same Indiana matchup it would normally be, but still pretty tough. Anybody that kind of pops off the page for you? Um, let me have a look down my list here. Uh, not really. Uh, I... <laughs> I'm still struggling with the um, with the guard rotations. Um, uh, you know, the, the, no one out of Napier, Troy Brown Jr. or Ish Smith logged any more than 26 minutes versus the Suns on Saturday. Um, and Troy Brown Jr. obviously got the hot hand um, uh, on Sunday versus the Nets, which probably isn't that hard. Um, and he logged a, a team-high 38 minutes in that one. But I'm still just finding this guard split difficult. Um, Shabazz and Smith split minutes again on Sunday. Um, Thomas Bryant, like you mentioned, uh, 33 minutes on the weekend. Um, and on a back-to-back, who knows how many minutes he may actually play. 
I'm not really sure here, Mike. Outside of the lower salary plays, like, uh, again, I'll, I'll go back to Troy Brown Jr. Um, and that's really about it for me on on, on this Wizards team. So, yeah, Where are I'm, you headed? I'm, starting to, I'm starting to look at Rui, man. He's starting to come down in price, so I don't mind taking a look at him. This is a guy that was, you know, over 7K for the first two games of the of the restart. He, now he's down to 5,800, so... Uh, he's getting to a stomachable price tag, and knowing that you know they're going to pretty much be playing TJ Warren against him, there's going to be a size advantage going for Rui, depending on how he wants to utilize that. And you know, with this exact matchup, Thomas Bryant's actually been shooting threes, and if that's the case, if he's going to keep shooting threes at the clip that he's been taking them, um, and you know he's he's been fairly successful today. He hit four or six. He took four in the last game, only hit one of four in the last one. Uh, he's going to pull Miles Turner away from the basket a little bit, and if that's the case, I think we can get some a little bit of Rui action. Um, so I don't mind looking at Rui. Probably won't go to Thomas Bryant again. Don't mind it. Just the back-to-back just doesn't feel right for me. Yeah. Um, price increase. Miles Turner is no slouch defensively. But, I, again, I think a lot of these guys are all fair price tags. My main options would probably be Troy Brown Jr., Rui Hachimura. Um, I was really encouraged by Troy Brown's you know, display of putting up those peripheral stats. Ten rebounds, eight assists, showing that he's more than just a scorer. He's going to handle this, uh, you know, this team's offense and facilitate a little bit more. And if that's the case, I don't mind taking a look at him again at 5,200. 5, and having small forward eligibility definitely helps him as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, look, a couple of nice calls you made there. I, I kind of wasn't really looking around Miles Turner. Um, and, you know, Rui for me, I, I think I said last last pod, uh, I play him, he, he flops. And <laughs> if I don't play him, he kills. And, and I just struggle with the name as soon as I see it. But 5,800, did you say? Yeah, that's starting to get low and, and definitely probably puts him in play here. Exactly. And that's all he does. It, put, it doesn't make him a core option or anything, but you know, it was hard to even consider him at 7,400, but now with that price tag down slightly, uh, we could consider him at least at 5,800. He's actually cheaper than Thomas Bryant now. So a little bit of a pivot play if we need it, but we'll keep it moving. Now we have the juicy game, probably the most, you know, the, the most exciting game of the night. I think we could say that with confidence. It's the Memphis Grizzlies going against the new Orleans Pelicans. Uh, this game has a lot of importance when we talk about seeding and playoff picture. 239 uh, total, game total, with uh, the Pelicans being favored by four points over Memphis at the moment. Uh, you know, with everything going on, it's already kind of been announced uh, that Zion it will still be on a minutes restriction, pretty much taking him out of play for all of DFS. Other than that, there's no major injuries that we need to worry about when we talk about New Orleans and on the Memphis side of the ball. Everybody but Tyus Jones and Justice Winslow are good to go. So, man, this game, the game total's there. We talked about it. We just said it. 239. It's going to be the highest on the day. Uh, we have to have some love for this game, I imagine, right? Oh, absolutely. This is going to be fast and fun and high scoring and everything we want to see from a DFS perspective. It's going to be great. Um, you know, Grizzlies on a back-to-back, that helps the Pels out. Um, last time out, when these guys played each other, it's actually the Pels who monstered this Grizzlies team. I think it was uh, 139 to 111. So uh, that's really interesting. Um Grizzlies still at eighth seed. They probably still need to play hard here. They're still fighting off the Spurs two games back and the Blazers two and a half games back. Uh, Pels need everything to go right here, Mike. Um, you know, they, they've lost their first two seeding games and now three and a half games back from eighth seed. Um, this is potentially the last time we see the Pels. You know, if they can't win this one, we might not get the, the Pels starting lineup. They might just be too far back. Um 
really high pace in this game. Pell's the second fastest in the league and then Memphis is seventh. So, yeah, obviously the over-under uh, shows that. Um, and, yeah, this is going to be a fun matchup. Uh, for me, I'm looking hard at Jar. Uh, 7,300, that's a decent price. Uh, he's going to have to deal with a mix of ball and holiday uh, from a defensive structure, but still the Pels somehow managed to give up a stack of fantasy points to point guards. So uh, he's such a, a focus of the Grizzlies' offense. There's no real reason to stay away from you know their spearhead in this fast matchup. Um, in the, the Pels' last game against the Clippers, Reggie Jackson even and, and Pat Bev had had no real problems putting up solid lines. Neither of those guys are Jar Moran, and I think he's just going to you know crush the, the value here, no problems. Uh, mentioned before, Jaron Jackson Jr., 6,200 against the Pels. Boom. Um, I think you can go straight back to him here. Zion hasn't been playing a lot of minutes at all, leaving who... Nicolo Melli to defend Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I don't know um, who who the Pels can throw at him. Um, this is a great matchup for Triple J at that price, and it's just a smash play for me. Fire him up. Uh, the last one I've got here, Valanciunas is an interesting one. It's a high price tag at 7,900, but um, the, the Pels, they just do not defend the five spot very well at all. Um, last time out in only 27 minutes against the Pels, Jonas went 18 and 8 with four blocks. I think he's in play. Uh, he's probably more a cash play here, um, but you know, anything could happen against his Pels lineup. Uh, anyone else here for you, Mike? I know you like a bit of Brandon Clark. Oh, yeah, I got burned by Brandon Clark tonight. That that hurt a little <laughs> bit. I played I played a little bit of Brandon Clark. He just happened to round up my lineup. Uh, but they didn't really do. Uh, he only played 25 minutes, so. Uh, I, I mean, you know, Clark's always in play. The, you know, you get a little bit of upside with Clark. You know, if anything happens to Valanciunas or Jaron Jackson Jr. as far as foul trouble or injury, uh, Clark is the main beneficiary for two different positions. He could play both those. So there's always a little of upside. Um, you know, I will keep him in play. Uh, as far as any other Memphis guys, yeah, John Morant, yeah, tough matchup. But the minutes, they're going to keep getting, you know, just funneled to him. He played 37 tonight against uh, San Antonio, 41 in that overtime game against Portland. Wouldn't be shocked if he plays another 34, 35 with the importance of this game. So no problem looking at John Morant at 7,300. Probably like my primary focus. Don't mind a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. He's starting to get a price increase. He went from 49, I think, to 52. Now he's up to 62. So we're, we're you know, we're seeing the price get up there, but he just continues to shoot, you know, the rebounds, um, no assists. That's the one thing that worries me with Jaron Jackson Jr. He can score, he can block, he can steal. Um, but I want to see a little bit more of the rebounding numbers. And, and right now, if he's going to keep putting up three rebounds, we're, he's becoming really scoring dependent at the forward position where uh, there's a few other forwards that we can look to that could get us that double-double bonus or uh, pad the stats a little bit more. So, I, you know, I'm proceeding with caution with Jaron Jackson Jr. as the price increases, but the the matchup's fantastic. So I'm not going to just cross him out of my player pool. But it's really just John Marant for me. Um, you've touched on Brandon Clark. I do like a little bit of Brandon Clark. Um, and that's probably it, man. I mean, you know, Kyle Anderson and a guy like that, I'm not really looking at any of those bench guys between him, DeAnthony Melton. Um, it's really just Brandon Clark off the bench. And then I guess, yeah, a little bit of John Morant. But uh, you touched on your your take for New Orleans. Is there anybody else that you're really looking at over there? I know that you, you touched on favors a little bit, and you mentioned Lonzo Ball. But um, we can't play Zion. And with him being limited, we have to imagine that all that usage goes to somebody. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's exactly the case. Um, you know, uh, I've got a couple of high salary guys I'm looking at here. I find the, the Pels rotation, and I'm a Pels fan, by the way. I love watching the Pelicans. I just find the bench rotations uh, frustrating for DFS. I can't ever get it right. So uh, I tend to play the the, the higher priced guys um, for the Pels and, and almost leave everybody else alone. I, I might play some Derek Favors every now and then, depending on the matchup. But um, oh, and when Zion's out there, of course, but yeah, the, 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 the higher value guys off the bench, the Josh Hart's and the Frank Jackson's and the Nicolo Mellies, I just can't mess with them, Mike, that they, they, they destroy me every time. So yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with Drew Holiday and Brandon Ingram here. Um, these guys need to step up big time. Uh, they both got, you know, kind of decent matchups. I probably prefer Drew. Um, I like to target, uh, Memphis shooting guards um defensively so uh while all the pels had a pretty poor game last last outing uh i'd expect drew holiday to bounce back here he's just quality uh underrated offensive threat uh i, I think he's you know one of the most underrated uh, everybody says this is the most underrated point guard in the lead i would have thought uh shooting guard in the league or guard in the league if you like um i just think he's a great building block here in, in, um, the, la- uh, the last time, sorry, the first time that um, the Pels met this team, Drew Drew went off for 36 and 6. So I think he's a great cash play here. Uh, and, and he also has some great PPP, GPP upside. It's a weak spot on the Memphis roster to target and um, the 8,700's not too high for me to do that. Um, Brandon, another high salary play. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a tough one. Um, he hopefully gets some minutes at the small forward here. He's too good for Kyle Anderson. Um, he may struggle against the length of um, Jaron Jackson a little bit more. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Drew for me, Brandon, uh, maybe as a pivot at 8,100. Um, he did cook the Grizz for the, for 25 points, four rebounds, six assists and two blocks uh, in the previous matchup. Um, sorry, in the first matchup of the season. And then he went for 27 and four in the second game. So Zion's out. There's usage everywhere. As you said, uh, I like um, those two guys on this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind looking at either, you know, Ingram or Holiday. I think both of them are in fantastic spots with the pace of this game and the, the upside, the game total. Uh, we're going to have to get exposure. And these are the two leading shot attempts. These are going to be the two leading scorers for this team. One of them is who should be in store for a huge game. Holiday's a little priced up at 8700 Um, I, I would like it to be a little bit cheaper, 82 81 maybe even 83 But uh, 87 is a little bit priced up. Uh, it, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, when we're talking about guys that we're going to spend up on, um, you know, I think this game makes a little bit more sense than some of those other games. If we're talking, you know, the Laker game, the Jazz game, or even some of those guys on Philly. I, I don't mind looking at it just for that simple that simple thing. I think a lot of people might be a little bit deterred uh, from that price tag, but if that's going to lower his ownership at all, he's still very much in play for me. Um, Ingram, same thing. 8,100 is a little bit more fair and more to stomach. With Zion off the floor, he should have a little bit more increased opportunity for rebounds. So I don't mind looking at Brandon Ingram. Probably won't be playing any Lonzo Ball at AK. I like him a lot better when Zion's playing a full complement of minutes. Obviously, yeah, I'm not touching Zion. I uh, don't I don't know if I'll go to favors in this matchup. We already talked about a few other centers in that 5K range or so, you know, between, you know, Steven Adams, uh, Miles Turner is only about, I think he's 61. So I think I'd prefer those guys over him. And uh, the only other guy I'm really looking at might be J.J. Redick at 3,700. Uh, this should be a close game. And anytime we're looking at a game, a high total of the games, I look at J.J. Redick. 
there's going to be plenty of options, plenty of points to be scored. He's going to get his, whether it's in the lineup, starting lineup off the bench. We know JJ, and this game matters. And uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, JJ Redick has never missed the playoffs in his career up until this yeah. season. So oh, yeah. if, there, if there's one player that is gunning for, I think he actually said that uh, to Zion Williamson. You know, he said, don't ruin this for me. So uh, early, it was early on in the year. He made a little joke to him. He told him, he pulled him to the side. He's like, you can't ruin this for me. We need to get the playoffs. Um, and now they're here and Zion, Zion's ruining it for him. Or it's the medical staff or whoever's ruining it for everybody. We want to watch this kid play. Uh, but that's it for me. So I, I'll probably I'll probably say if you have the $600, I prefer Holiday. If it, you look at that point per dollar between him and Ingram, it's really close. Um, it's it's really a toss-up. I might even lean, lean Ingram a little bit on that. And then J.J. Redick as my third option on this team. Those are probably the three main guys I'm looking at. Cool, man. I like the J.J. Redick call. Um, I, I'm not one usually to, to base my DFS picks on narratives like I've never missed the playoffs. But, yeah, you got a case there. You know, he's probably going to come out firing and, and hopefully you can make some threes. Ooh, see, it's it's not just the necessarily the narrative that uh, that gets me. It's you know thirty seven hundred. I love the price tag. Uh, oh sure, yeah, yeah. It, it played twenty six minutes against Utah and you know shot lights out, shot, took fifteen shot attempts. And then a lot of people look at that Nats game and they see uh, JJ Redick coming off the bench, played seventeen minutes. Obviously, we all know what happened in that Clipper game. Uh, it was just a mess for everybody. So I, I'm just I just think at that price tag, you know, his floor should be probably right around twenty points. And that's paying for itself there. We just kind of saw a 30-point upside from him. This should be a higher-scoring game than total against the Jazz as well. So there, there's a few things that make me lean that way. Um, and, you know, he kind of makes a decent pivot if you want to get off of the Justin Holiday, where a lot of other people might go. You can get your exposure to Aaron Holiday and still get a $3,700, you know, forward or guard, same position as Justin, and get a pivot at a little less ownership. Yeah, really nice thoughts there. I, I like that. Um, yeah, cool. All right, brother. Well, we only got two games left, but before we uh, get to those, you know, I just need everyone to say it with me one more time, guys. Sports are back, and I've been waiting for this day since March, and we're here. And now the only thing that's been on my mind is my bookie. And you know, my bookie, it's a home run, it's a slam dunk, it's a triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped into one. And I love it. You love it. And that should be all you need to hear to start betting. So, you know, my bookie is up to the minute odds and all your favorite teams. And it, it, it's been it's been going on. The NBA bubble is here. We've been betting on it. We've been loving it. Me and Santino were talking about it the other day. I play my parlays and get crushed. But don't be stupid like me. Uh, take the easy bets. You know, I, I think I actually did make one the other day. It was right after uh, the start of the first quarter between the Nets and the Magic. And it was a huge start. I think it was like 39 to 40 after the first. I smashed the under going forward. And I took my money home, and I loved it. But it's with my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Uh, you feeling good about the MLB season, any of the games that are going on? Take your chances there. We have NHL, we have NFL, NBA. All these sports are pretty much going to be going on at once. And you could pick your poison. You could parlay different sports. You could have some fun. So join today. Use my bookie. Uh, and use the promo code HoopBall, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they will toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. So there you go. First MLB is on us over here at HoopBall. Just use that promo code H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. All right, brother. We have two games left to talk about, uh, and these ones should still have some value. Philadelphia going against San Antonio. 
both these teams happen to uh, play, I believe, today. So we have to take that into account. I believe, uh, you know, Joel Embiid had himself a game as well. Um, big, nice monster game, actually, we're talking about it. And I'm sorry, it was yesterday. Indiana came out 15 for 23, put up 81 DK points. But uh, it should be a fairly solid game overall. I'm a little bit worried about this, you know, this San Antonio team coming off a of back-to-back, going to, you know, now taking on Philadelphia. But nonetheless, it's a 229 over under, with Philadelphia being favored by seven. As uh, far as injuries are concerned with San Antonio, uh, Bellinelli looks like he's still going to be out. For quite some time, he will. He did not play today, dealing with that foot injury. We'll have to wait and see. I would doubt he played again uh, tomorrow. I'm saying that because we recorded the night before. Uh, and the Bryn Forbes still dealing with a quad injury. He's listed as questionable. I'd be shocked if he plays. It just doesn't make any sense at this point. But we shall wait and see if both those guys are out. We should continue to see Lonnie Walker in that starting lineup. But um, and then as far as the the Sixers go, uh, Mike Scott has, I believe, already been ruled out dealing with uh, knee soreness, so he will not play. And then Glenn Robinson the third uh, is considered doubtful dealing with uh, hip soreness over there. So those are the injuries. Like I said, you know Spurs coming off of a back to back. Guys are starting to see a little bit of a price increase on a lot of these guys that we've been taking advantage of. But you know, tell me where you're going, if anywhere, with this Spurs team. Yeah, uh, look, Spurs on a back to back against the 76ers is a bit of a worry for me. Uh, this could this could get one-sided. Um, I'd just be a little bit careful playing up, sorry, paying up uh, big for some of the guys. Um, I think there's one exception there, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, look, um, Spurs are definitely looking at their younger players, which Pop said they would be doing, which is probably good to see. Uh, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, Derek White. Um, I'll pass on DeJounte at 6,200 here against the 76ers defense, I think. I think we just can find better value elsewhere at that spot. Lonnie Walker, he's hit and miss for me. In other words, I always miss with him, but um, at 4,400 on DK, he's probably worth a look in GPPs, uh, even against this tough defensive mob. Maybe I throw some Keldon Johnson into my GPP lineups, but uh, 4,100, I'd probably rather take Walker. Um, and for me, Mike, the guy to target outside of, you know, DeMar Rosen with all that usage is Derek White. Uh, I've been waiting for White to get more of a chance on this roster. Uh, the bubble looks like this is the chance he's going to have to take. Uh, Pop's playing him out there, and, and I really like Derek White. Um, I like his uh, uh, offensive, you know, upside. So he's much more of a stable lineup uh, option in your lineups for me than Walker or DeJounte. I actually think he has a higher ceiling as well. The matchup's not great here, um, but Derek's going to get his shots up. So if, if you're looking for a mid-price, reliable guy with a solid floor, um, you can definitely do a, a worse than Derek White. Um, we keep we keep coming back, you and I, to Jakob Pertle. Uh, he, he's not doing a, a great amount out there at the moment, but one thing in this matchup uh, against Joel Embiid, he's, he's going to have to stay on the floor. Uh, he, he's going to have to try and stay out of foul trouble and just push himself against Joel as, as long as he possibly can. And, and you know, that, that bodes well for us in, in DFS. If he can stay out on the floor, not get too many fouls early, uh, you know, he's a chance to, to just be a decent look in a cash play. Uh, he's got to lift his output a little from what we've been seeing. But, um, yeah, if the big Austrian can stay out there, um, you know, he's worth a decent look. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I, I've been riding the Jakob Pertl train. Uh, it hasn't really gotten me too too far yet. 
uh, unfortunately. But I just I don't think I'm going to be going to him. I mean, we just kind of saw what, what happened to Miles Turner. Six fouls very quickly going against Joel Embiid. I think I will pass with that. And, uh, you know, I like the Derek White call. I literally alternate. I go DeJounte Murray, Derek White. It just seems like these guys are on rhythm where one has a good game. The, ne- the, the next game is the other guys. And we saw that tonight. DeJounte Murray. Uh, went out there and had himself a game, shot 9-19, had 10 rebounds, put up 44 DK points. So that means it's, it's got to be Derek White's turn. Uh, the, the math does not lie. The law does not lie. Uh, it has to be Derek White's night. So, uh, But no, in all reality, uh, in all reality, I think, uh, I think this is going to be a hard pass for a lot of these San Antonio guys. The one guy I do have slight interest, you mentioned Keldon, uh, Keldon Johnson. I actually do like him. I don't like the price tag at 41. He was min-salary today. If he was 3K again, I would be all over that. Um, I think this is a great matchup for him just simply because I think Philly's going to run away with this. And if they do, it's going to be the veteran sitting and we'll probably end up seeing, you know, Kelton Johnson and Devin Eubanks. So, um, you know, Eubanks is a guy that, or I'm sorry, Devin Drew, um, is a guy that, you know, we remember that notorious nasty dunk in the scrimmages. I don't, you know, think he has a tremendous upside or anything like that. But if you're looking for a random GPP dart throw guy, um, it's him. Just because I could see this game getting out of hand, I could see Acapurtle getting into foul trouble. It's not going to be like they could run Rudy Gay against against a guy like Joel Embiid, and if that's the case, nope. it's going to be Eubanks. Um, that or they could you know play Zeller, but Zeller hasn't sniffed court, so I doubt it's going to be him. So, you know, we I think we he got could, ten seconds in the last matchup. That might be big. That might be a big ten seconds that we can get from <laughs> this one. But uh, I think I think I'll you know I'll let somebody else have those ten seconds and hope for him to put up you know, you know whatever it is uh, a fifty DK point per second kind of ratio and he, he can turn out a good game for you. But uh, I, I think that's it for me. It's going to be you know looking at those GPP dart throws. Hope this game gets out of hand and Eubanks and Keldon Johnson. I don't think I'll be going to guys like Lonnie Walker, um, you know Yaka Pertle, Demar Derozan. Probably not. If I was to go with anybody in the starting lineup, it would probably be Derek White, like you said. Maybe maybe Lonnie Walker. Uh, but I don't think I'll be touching DeRozan or Pirtle, Rudy Gay, none of those guys. It's going to be the you know periphery stars in the starting lineup and then the, uh, the, the backup bench guys if this game gets out of hand. But uh, what about on Philly? I mean, we're, we're talking about you know how good these guys have been. Joel Embiid, 10-3 now. Uh, can you stomach that price tag? Absolutely. Straight back to Joel Joel Embiid here. Um, I'll go straight back to him, even at that salary. Um, This is a potential easy win, potential blowout. But my thinking with daily fantasy is if it's a blowout, those points have got to come from somewhere. And and I don't see why it's not Embiid here against um, the Spurs. Um, Why can't he put up another monster line? Really, uh, apart, I, I have a feeling you're going to throw some cheaper guys in here. Uh, but ap- apart from Embiid, um, you know, that, that's who I'm looking at. Who, who you got? I mean, I don't mind Embiid. I think that, yeah, like you said, it's a fantastic matchup. Uh, he can go bananas in this one easily. Um, 10-3, it, it's, it's, it's a fair price tag. Don't get me wrong. Um, if I'm playing Embiid, I'm going to want to run it back with somebody like a Derek White or somebody that I can anticipate, you know, this game staying close. Both of them are going to be playing 30-plus minutes. I'm not going to be running them back with a guy like Keldon Johnson or Eubanks. Uh, that just doesn't make sense from a game script yeah. scenario. So yeah. just kind of throw that out there. Don't don't pair it up like that. Obviously, if you're playing one of those bum bags, hoping that this game gets out of hand and it's in a GPP, not a cash game, uh, you're not pairing them with a guy like Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris, a guy that you know would anticipate playing 30 plus minutes with this game going all four quarters. Um, so that you know that's what I'll say. 
I, I think I'm, I'm going to leave Tobias Harris up there at 8,600. That's way too much for me. Uh, ben Simmons, 9,100. It's a fair price tag for him. It's a great matchup for him. I, I like him, uh, but 9,100. It's it's an awful lot of uh, a lot of money to spend in this kind of matchup. I really don't like any guys on Philadelphia. I'm a little bit scared of this game personally. It's just you know I'm proceeding with caution on it. And, you know, keep in mind, with all these guys healthy, the usage does get split pretty fairly between Harris, Simmons, and, and Embiid. Shake Milton being in the starting lineup, you know, helps a little bit. He doesn't draw a lot of usage. It mainly goes between those three guys. And I fully anticipate those three guys taking most of the shot attempts on every given night. But they're all priced up now, man. And it's it's kind of hard. If it's not like a matchup where uh, we can anticipate it going all four quarters, or even then the Spurs, they slow things down, even with their younger guys. They still play Popovich-style offense. So I just don't know if this is the right spot to be paying a premium price for these guys. Okay, fair enough, man. And then, listen, I, hey, if Embiid, I'll probably have a share of them. I usually build, you know, sometimes I max out the 20-entry max. Sometimes I do, you know, a couple lineups at any given night. But I'll probably have a few shares of them. Uh, he's definitely, I think, the most expensive center on the board for a good reason. But there's just there's a few other options I might end up going with. Yeah, sure, man. I, I just, like I said, you know, blowouts, is, you know, even in blowouts, the point's got to come from somewhere. I, I, I don't know who they have to stop Embiid, so I'm willing to roll roll with that salary. Oh, absolutely, man. And if we if we agreed on everything, we wouldn't have two people on the show. Uh, it would it wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense. I would just be talking to myself. So I, I do like that. Uh, you know, going against the grain a little bit and having the differences in opinions, I think it's is valuable and it's a big it's a big deal that we need to keep having. So I, I hey, listen, if uh, if he beats me, he beats me. Um, I, I've been there before where I've I've taken a fat one off the cheek because of a meet. It was just the other night actually. I didn't have any shares of him when he put up a fat eighty one DK points. But we have one game left, man. It's the LA Lakers going against the Utah Jazz. And this game has a 219 over-under with uh, the Lakers being favored by six points right now. As far as injuries are concerned, uh, we have a few guys coming in with questionable tags. But, I mean, between LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both these guys have been coming into questionable tags for the past, um, I would say, almost two seasons now. But they both play pretty much every game that they could. So they're both going to end up being probable, even though they're listed as questionable. So do not believe that. And then you have Kyle Kuzma also coming in with a questionable tag, ankle injury, but he is also probable. Avery Bradley, Rondo still out. And then when we slide over to the Utah side, Bogdanovich obviously still out, uh, dealing after that shoulder surgery. And then we have Royce O'Neal, who's dealing with a sore right foot, but he is considered probable at the moment. So looks like it's going to be business as usual, man. And I guess we'll start with this Laker team. Uh, you know, not necessarily a cakewalk, cakewalk matchup going into the Jazz, but. I mean, it's it's the Lakers, man. What do you uh, what are you anticipating? Are you paying up for Davis or LeBron? Uh, yeah, I'll be paying up for one of them. Um, and it's not AD. A- AD was obviously worried with that uh, eye injury that he that he's getting troubled with at the moment. Uh, LeBron James is the play for me, with or without AD. Uh, even more so if if AD doesn't suit up. But man, this Lakers team, outside of those two guys, on any night, I, I just find the whole thing a blender. I can't keep up with the rotations. I'm never sure who they're going to run out there. Um, you know, I think you and I touched on it in a joking manner the other night. You know, the Danny Greens and the KCPs and the Alex Carusos and, and you know, just throw into that mix Dion Waiters and <coughs> J.R. Smith. Um, you know, it, it 
just confusing and and I don't find a lot of value in any of those guys. I, I play the wrong ones or, you know, they just let me down. So LeBron James for me, uh, he is listed as questionable, but uh, you, you probably expect him to play all the production and usage is going to go through either him or uh, Anthony Davis. And with AD seemingly suffering at the moment, um, this game against Utah is all about LeBron for me. Um, it's going to be don- dominating the ball on the offense and, uh, I don't know. It's not much, not much else to say about it. It's it's LeBron. Uh, I may have a, a look at Kyle Kuzma. He's been playing well, shooting well. Um, if AD's out, he's just a lock and load. Obviously, fire him up. But um, he's actually logged thirty plus minutes in both the seeding games so far, and, and shot the ball pretty well. If he can do that against uh, this Utah Jazz team, uh, you know, he's a chance to make value again. So, honestly, that's it on the Lakers for me. What about you? That's it. You said the three names. I mean, Kuzma seeming like he's finally starting to turn back into a value play at 4,400. Once that price tag hits 5K, there he goes. We can't look at him anymore. So, uh, you know, maybe we keep taking advantage of him. He's been, you know, playing fairly well. The matchup should be pretty solid. He'll draw a little bit of angles at the four. So I'm not really, uh, I'm not really worried about that when he does get in there. And then, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, looking at LeBron or AD, definitely options. Should be a fairly competitive game, or you know, coming off of that blowout loss against Toronto, you have to imagine that these come out, these guys come out with a little bit of pep in their step. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention: Anthony Davis only took seven shot attempts in that game against Toronto. Yeah, wow. Um, and anytime we see something like that, you have to imagine that they take a long look at that and just think, you know, how could we only get this guy seven shot attempts? I know LeBron is one guy that generally after games really soaks at solaces and that kind of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if they look to get Anthony Davis involved extremely early in this in this kind of matchup uh, just to get him going. And, you know, for that reason, under 10K, I wouldn't mind taking a look at him, especially, you know, the Lakers always do run him. Uh, they, they actually have been playing him at center fairly often in the first two games, but they have two other centers that they could. If they run him at power four, there's going to be a major mismatch that they could take advantage of um, if they do from the likes of a guy like Joe Ingles at the four. It's going to be really tough for Utah to match up with Anthony Davis, in my opinion. So um, I think I would actually prefer AD a little bit slightly um, at $900 less. It's splitting hairs, though. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't mind either one of those guys. Kuzma's okay. And then uh, I think it's worth noting that Dwight Howard played more minutes than McGee in these matchups earlier in the year, but it's really a toss-up. And, you know, maybe looking at him at 3,200 if he plays 20 minutes might not be such a bad value play, Uh, but it's really just a GPP option. I wouldn't be looking at him in cash games. Yeah, for sure. And that's another position on this Lakers squad that uh, is just, a you know, they just split the minutes. It's a roundabout between McGee and Howard. And it's something that I'd try not to touch unless I, you know, am absolutely guaranteed of a start from from one of them. And, and it's a, a really uh, poor matchup um, on, on the other side. So, yeah, uh, it's the it's those two plus Kuzma here. And, and that's about it. All right, brother. What about uh, over there on the Utah side? I mean... Uh, we've been seeing some value with with Bogdanovich out for these two games so far, but where are you going to be going with anybody over here? Um, you know the two the two big names, Donovan Mitchell, seven K on DK against the Lakers guards here. It's not bad, uh, but I think there's just better plays further up the board that we've already spoken about at shooting guard, especially. You know, we've already touched on Drew Holiday and Derek White and SGA. They're, they're probably the names I'm looking at here rather than Donovan. Uh, Rudy Gobert, I don't know, man. He hasn't stepped up into any kind of output yet, um, really, to match this 7,100 DK salary. I'm just struggling to find a reason to play him yet. Um, maybe the matchup against the Lakers 
front court uh, in, you know, the rotating <laughs> mess that is JaVal McGee and Dwight Howard. I, I just just can't, yeah, can't can't find a way to put him into my lineups. I can't find a reason to put him into my lineups yet. The one guy that I do have interest in, and, and you know, this salary is going up as well, but Jordan Clarkson, um, uh, he's been a really big focus for this Jazz team as far as uh, scoring goes since the restart. He's logged... Uh, 32 minutes and then 24 minutes, so slightly down uh, in the second game. Um, but I, I just feel like he's got a chance to go to town here against the Lakers' second rung. Um, he's a decent, decent play at 4,900. Um, I think you can play him in cash or GPP. He's a little bit of a last man in, but uh, there's definitely some upside. I, I, I'm right there with you. I think he's actually probably my favorite player if I'm looking at anybody on Utah. Um, you know, you touched on the minutes, but I think the more enticing factor is that he's taken 17 shot attempts in both those games. Um, yeah. You know, telling me it's 17 shot attempts, bench usage going against the second unit against guys like, you know, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith and the, the, the lackadaisical defenders. Um, sign me up. Uh, keep in mind Jordan Clarkson, revenge narrative going against his former team. Um, could be a little bit of a factor. It doesn't help as much when it's on neither team's home court. Uh, you know, it takes a little bit out of the revenge narrative. But I think 4900 is still a very fair price that I could pay, and I would actually prefer him over Monte Morris. So, I, again, one of those Ooh. guys where I think a lot of people might just want to go immediately to the guy that's in, in the starting lineup. But you know what? I, I don't care if he's starting. I don't care about the minutes. Give me the guy that's taking 17 shot attempts in 24 minutes over the guy that's going to take eight or nine shot attempts in 30 uh, that's just the way I like to, you know, put my money on it. And I want the volume. I want the usage. And right now, you know, Jordan Clarkson's second on the team in usage right behind Donovan Mitchell. So I'll take those, man. And any day of the week, he actually took more shot attempts than Donovan Mitchell in that last in the last two games. So take that for what it's worth. Um, give me some Jordan Clarkson. And outside of that, you know, I don't I don't want to play Rudy Gobert in this matchup. It's not an easy matchup. Lakers top defending team against opposing bigs, obviously, with, you know, Gobert. How, I'm, I'm sorry, with uh, McGee, Howard and Anthony Davis in your front court. That's going to happen. Um, you know, maybe look at Mitchell, though. Uh, this backcourt gets a little bit lightened knowing that Avery Bradley and Rondo are out. So they at one point they were one of the best defenses all around and they still are. Uh, but they definitely take a little bit of a step back, losing those two guys in their backcourt. Those are two of their top uh, perimeter defenders. So I don't mind, you know, taking a look at uh, Donovan Mitchell and Clarkson. I think those would be my top plays. And, you know, Conley kind of falls into that range right in between them. It's just, you know, I'm not in love with the play. I don't mind it. You know, it, it would strictly be like a low-owned um Pivot play, uh, you know, point guards, not that enticing tonight. We've talked about that already. So if that's the case and you just have the money to spend and you maybe don't want to get either one of those guys, uh, I don't think I would play Clarkson with Conley. I would probably play them separate. They could kind of, kind of eat into each other value. If something happens with Conley, Clarkson gets more minutes. If Conley's just hot, you know, they're not going to be benching Mitchell for Clarkson. Clarkson will still get his, but I'm thinking about just all-encompassed GPP upside. And I want to try to get the most out of every guy that I'm putting in my, in my lineup. So I don't think I would pair them together. Uh, I'll stay away from Ingles if he's going to have his hands full with uh, a guy named LeBron James tonight. All set with that. Yeah, man. I, I like all those calls. Um, yeah. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, both of us focusing in on him. And, and yeah, I, I think that's the way to go here. Yeah, and I think we need to we need to start bringing back some some friendly wagers in this because I I heard the ooh call you made with the Monte Morris man, and I you know we might we might have to take like a little little friendly bet on uh, on a couple of these once in a while with you know I I think I would take that Jordan Clarkson over Monte Morris. What do you think the ownership difference looks like in those two guys? 
Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Monte Morris is probably going to be through the roof. Jordan Clarkson is probably going to be much less owned because people don't see that little starters tag on him. Yeah, I think you're probably around the mark there. I think Holiday draws the, the most in that Washington matchup, and rightfully so. Um, both Holiday brothers should probably have a fair amount of ownership in this matchup. Uh, sorry, the Holiday brothers? Yeah, I think they draw the most out of those, like, uh, oh, sure, out, yeah, out of the out of the plethora. Just that Washington Wizards matchup is going to draw a lot of attention for everybody, and they're going to want to get a piece of that pie over there, some way or another. But uh, any There's anything a else? Fair amount have? of value on this board, man. There is. Oh yeah, man. We're gonna get, and that's the best part about jumping into these relaunches is that you, there's always this value readily available. But uh, that's that's all I have, man. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to talk about before we head out out of here. But um, yeah, man. I think we I think we hit this, you know, pretty much to a T. I think we got to touch on all the guys that we were looking to talk about. Yeah, I think so. I don't have much else to add. Um, yeah, I think we're we're good, man. I think we covered it. All right, man. Well, that's uh, that's all we have. So if you guys, if you have a quick minute, you want to give us a quick follow on Twitter, you can find me at Mike Capatria. That's M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And Brenton, why don't you let the good people know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Terrain72. That's T-E-R-R-A-I-N-7-2. All right, brother. And then we also, we uh, we do really appreciate any rates, reviews, uh, you know, five stars, thumbs up, subscribe to us. All that good stuff really means a lot to us. You can find our podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean. We're all over the place. So if you guys could just take a quick moment, um, it would really mean a lot to us. And, hey, if you even screenshot it, uh, send it to us. Maybe maybe we, we get a little contest. We do something fun going on. We're trying to grow this brand over here, and we can't do that without our lovely, loyal listeners that you guys are. So that's all we have for you guys over here at Hoopball DFS today. We will be back tomorrow, as you know, seven days a week, pumping out some content for you guys. So give us another listen, and we will be back. So take care, stay safe, and let's crush tonight's lineups and take home some money, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.